So think about this. The devil is merely an opportunity provider. He is an equal opportunity employer. He doesn't convince you. He doesn't really make you do anything. No. He just presents you with the opportunity to do what you already have been wanting to do. Think about that. He gives you the opportunity, the choice, to do what you already have been wanting to do. That is such a key information that you need to understand. In the Torah it says you shall not murder, meaning perform the act, yet Yeshua said, well, if you already thought it in your heart, if you already harbored anger, you have already committed the anger. Having the opportunity or not, you already made the choice, you already been wanting to do that. Now, if you have been given the opportunity, you would have acted on it. Think about it. You lust after a girl. Maybe you've never had the opportunity, but all of a sudden you're in the nightclub on Saturday night and there she is, the girl you've been lusting after, the one from the mall that you kept walking down her shop and lo and behold, she's drunk and she falls on your shoulder and says, hey, hey, you're that guy, how are you doing? Oh, so good to see you. And she rubs all over you and you're like, well, uh... Thank you, Jesus. Like, no, 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 you got it all wrong. You meant to say, thank you, Mr. Devil. That's not a gift from God. That is a trick from the devil. He already knows what's in your heart. See, God knows what's in your heart, but, well, the devil does too. <laughs> you forget that part. Remember the book of Job? Satan, the devil, went up to the council of Adonai. Adonai said, where did you come from? He said, I was in the earth, walking around the earth. He said, have you considered my servant Eov? There is none like him in the land. He is holy. And the Satan, the devil, said, let me have a go at him. Let me tempt him. I'll expose what's really in his heart. I'll present him with the opportunity to get mad, to curse God and die. He even got to his wife. Think about that. He made all of this happen. He presented the opportunity. See, many of you have not committed the particular sins that are in your heart because you were never presented with the opportunity. Most crimes are crimes of opportunity. You see the poor woman alone at night, in the alley, with her purse in her hand. Oh, oh, there's nobody here, there's no cops, there's nothing. I can rob her, get away with it. You see that poor innocent girl, drunk, in the nightclub? She can't even realize what's going on. She's alone. Nobody's watching. You go and have your way with her. Sins of opportunity. You steal because you can get away with it. You lie because you can get away with it. We are all sinners of opportunity. 
And that's really what the devil came to prove. But Yeshua took it a step further. He said, forget about the devil. Don't worry about him. Whether you have the opportunity or not, the very fact that you want to do it is enough. The very fact that you want to have Yohanan, the immerser, beheaded is enough. You don't have to actually have the opportunity. And lo and behold, when the opportunity did arise, right, Mark chapter 6, the opportunity arose and she did have him beheaded and committed the act of murder. But she was a murderer before the beheaded, beheading even began because she already wanted to do that. If you look at a woman with lust, you already have committed adultery with her in, her, in your heart. You have to understand that. It's not looking at a woman. It's looking with lust at a woman. You're looking at her and you start, you know what? So you need to get that in your system and understand that when the things that you want happen and you are given the opportunity to do the things, the desires of your heart, it's not a gift from God. It's a trick from the devil to test you, Adam and Chava. Did he force the apple? Well, I'm sorry, it's not an apple. The fruit of tree of knowledge, good and evil, down their mouth? No. The desire was there. He came to expose it. Took very little convincing. Just as it did with so many of you. You sit there and your friend goes, go ahead, man. Take another drink. Oh, no, I can't. I'm driving. Ah, oh, come on. You know you want to. Take another beer. Oh, okay. See, that's all it took. All it took is three words. Take another beer. Okay. Oh no, I can't. I can't sleep with you. I'm I'm saving myself for marriage. Well, but we love each other. Well, and chances are we're probably gonna get married. So what difference does it make? Well, okay, but we're only gonna do it once. Uh huh. Yeah, you're only gonna do it once because <laughs> the next morning, <laughs> say goodbye to Joe Schmo. He's gone, <laughs> and you just gave up your virginity and became a prostitute. It's so easy, it's so easy to sin. It's so easy to fall. It's so easy to miss it and not understand how sinful we really are. We are gluttons and you deny it. But I don't go to Vegas and yeah, but you're sitting there and you know you've had your fair share and you still want more. You're not hungry, you just want more. You're a glutton. Nobody wants to admit it. No prostitute wants to admit she's a prostitute. Well, I'm not a prostitute. I just, I, sl I only sleep with boys I like and only in a, in a committed relationship. Well, yeah, you're a prostitute. That man is not your husband and you are no virgin. So you are a prostitute and an adulterous woman. Don't hide behind your own labels. That's not from God. That's something you made up. And you don't make the rules because, well, you did not make you up. You cannot hide from the truth. You can lie about it. You can pretend. But God is the judge and he knows the truth because he invented and created it. And he is your judge, not you. He will judge you by his standards, not your own. Sex outside of marriage, adultery. Thinking evil thoughts, 
murder. Wanting more because you see someone else has more envy and greed, coveting. It's very simple to understand people. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's life. You don't understand because you do not want to understand because you are stiff-necked, hard-headed, stone-hearted, and rebellious, just like your forefathers. There's nothing new under the sun. Stop thinking that you're better, that you, somehow you revolved because, well, you live 2,000 years later or 6,000 years later from Adam. You haven't gotten any better. You've only grown worse. The only thing that's grown, actually, is your pride and your arrogance. Everything else has decreased. Your intelligence, your obedience, your skills and your resources. You've only gotten worse. So don't be so prideful to think that you know something. You don't. Those 2,000 years have not accumulated knowledge. The disciples knew much more. The, the, the Pharisees of Yeshua's day knew much more. The fishermen, the people in the street. Before Yeshua came, they knew so much more. Ezra and his people so knew so much, way more than you. They didn't even know Yeshua yet. Yet you claim to believe in Yeshua, be a follower, call yourself a Messianic Jew or a Christian. You know nothing. You pack of prideful little runts. You are no followers. Stephen is a follower. I am a follower. We follow him. We walk with him. Walk beside him. Learn from him. Day in, day out. Have a relationship with him. Our lives are in his hand. He tells us what to do. We don't go about our business. We go about his. We serve him. You don't. You just have a little religious ritual. And that's about it. You're not servants of Adonai. You're not followers of Yeshua. You're not Torah observers. The Torah says, love Adonai with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Do you even know what love is? I want to know what love is. No, you don't. Love is simple. You want to know what something means in the biblical context? You know how to verify that? Through the scripture itself. The Torah testifies about itself. You do not need to go to Dr. Google, as you like to call him. Go to the word of God and you will know what God means. Everything has two witnesses in the Torah. There's nothing that is mentioned once if you actually look about, think about it. Even creation mentioned in two different chapters. So you want to know about love? I'll tell you about love. Yaakov loved Rachel, but Leah he hated. Adonai loved Yaakov, but Esau he hated. Yeshua said, those who want to be my disciples must hate their father, mother, sister, brother, daughter, son. Love Adonai with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. What is love and what is hate? Very simple. Are you paying attention? I'm only going to say it once. Love is preference. Number one in your heart. Hate means deferring, giving preference to something else above the thing you hate. 
That's it. So loving Adonai with all of your heart, the greatest commandment in the Torah, because we know, Devarim 30, do what he says, cling to him, for he is your life. That is the purpose of your life, to love Adonai. That means to prioritize him with everything, with your time, with your mind, with your heart, with your emotions, with your finances, with all of your resources, with all of your days, with everything that you are, everything that you have, prioritize him, number one. Everything else you hate. Everything else does not get first place in your heart. Very simple. No sex, no money, no promotions, no fame, no sports, no possessions, no movies, no entertainment, no best friends, no family get-together, no children, nothing. Because all of those things are sin. Because when you prioritize anything and everything but God, you don't love Him with all your heart. And therefore you've broken the Torah, you violated the Torah, you have committed sins. Abraham did not sin. Adonai said, give me back the child I gave you. Okay, Lord, it's yours anyway. It's not my son, it's yours. You gave it to me. Now I give it back to you. Very simple. Your children are not your children. They are God's. Anyway, everything you have belongs to God. You own nothing. So why would you be attached to something that does not even belong to you? Does not make sense, does it? The money is not yours. Your body is not yours. Your life is not yours. That's why Yeshua said, those who hold on to their life will lose it. But those who lose it for my sake will keep it. Because, ah, so you don't prioritize your life over me. Then you can keep it. Itzchak, right? Abraham did not prioritize him over God. So you can keep it. Adonai will test you like that. Give me back what I've given you. Oh, you don't want it? That's okay. You can keep it then. As long as your heart is not in it. See, Adonai will give you gifts. He loves gifting his children because he loves us. He will give you all sorts of gifts. But he will always test your heart to see, well, what do you love more? Do you love the gift more than the giver of the gift? Do you love the blessing more than the blessed soul? That's what the devil claim was. Oh, Job, he only serves you because you've been so good to him. But I'm telling you, if you take all of these things, he will surely curse you and walk away. Adonai said, eh, let's test him. Why not? Let's see what happens. Job lost everything. His children his possessions, his health. But did he turn on God? No. He said, should we accept the good and not the bad? Sure, he got a little begrudging, he got a little angry, and listen, he's only human. What do you expect? But then Job chapter 40, he says very clearly, I should have kept my mouth shut. I should not have said a single word. He repented and humbled himself before God. Job chapter 40. Job chapter 40, you should read it. I know it sounds like job, which is why you don't want to read it, but you should. It's a very powerful book, especially Job chapter 40, when Adonai rebukes him. So you got to get it in your heart, because it's not complicated. It's really not hard to understand. Very, very simple. Serving the Lord is simple. That's why Moshe told them, listen, you don't have to say who will go to the sky, who will cross the sea to bring it to us. No, it's already in your mouth. It's already in your heart. You can do it. It's not hard. 
you don't want to do it. And that's why you need a Messiah. The, many Jews say, we don't need a Messiah. We can, well, no, you actually, you do need a Messiah because it's not that you cannot keep the Torah. It's that you don't want to. <laughs> See, I was just getting dinner earlier and that's really what got me to talking with the father and he told me to make this message for you because I was getting my dinner and I was setting the food on the plate and, you know, my, my sense of gluttony, right? I, I put some of that salad and I put some avocado and I had some challah and I had some cottage cheese and then I was also going to take some feta cheese. But then Adonai said, very gently, very quietly, straight into my spirit, straight into my subconsciousness, straight into my understanding, he said, no, you don't want to do that. And I immediately fought him. Immediately, without thinking, without having to have an intellectual debate in my mind to think yes or no, my immediate response was, I'm going to get that cheese. Immediately. And, and afterwards, but I, I, I was enough aware that I was aware of my immediate response. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? See, it wasn't even me. It was my heart. Me is the conscience, the intelligence, the mind. My heart is, is inside of me. I don't really have any control over it. It's the subconscious. And it immediately wanted to get that cheese because, again, gluttony, it's a sin. It's already embedded in my heart. The, the need to overfeed. Right? And I repented of that immediately. And I said, Papa... I'm not going to get that cheese. And I put it back in the fridge. I didn't get it. But I was close. I already opened the box. I had the knife in my hand to cut the cheese. And I put it back in the fridge. And then, after I ate, I was sitting back and talking to Papa. And it scared me. It really did. I was like, Papa, I don't know what, what that was. Where did that come from? I, 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 it felt like I was possessed for a moment. Though. Papa said, no. No, you weren't possessed. It's just you. See, so many times we blame the devil, blame the demons. They made me do it. No, it's just you. See, because you're not aware of yourself. You're only aware of your conscious mind, not of your subconscious mind, which is really who you are. That's when you're extremely tired, when you're sleeping. You're much more yourself than you are when you're awake. When you're awake, you can manipulate through your intellect, your, your mind, your brain, but not when you're sleeping. It's very different. That's why you, you always act different in your dreams when you're doing in life. It, it, it's, it's like it's you, but you, it's not really you. It, I, don't, I can't explain it, obviously. I don't have the, the understanding of it. It's way beyond us. But it's good to just know that you don't understand. Don't think that you do. <laughs> or else you would be more of a fool than you already are. But anyway, I was scared because I was like, well... That's a secret sin inside of me, that rebellious seed, right? Because you, you, nobody wants to admit that they're glutton. No prostitute wants to admit she's a prostitute. I didn't want to admit it. But Papa's like, well, listen, he loves me. And if he loves me, he wants the best for me. And the best for me is to acknowledge it, own it, admit it, and grow from it in order to stop being it. But so many of you deny your sins and you lie about it because you don't want to admit it because you're pride. Nobody wants to admit that they're flawed, that they have problems, they have issues, they have secret sins that they cannot conquer. Because you're prideful. And pride comes before a fall. And that's the biggest sin of all of you. 
Because pride is really at the root of all sins, because it's rooted in selfishness, and selfishness really is the source of sin. Everything is about you, what you want, the way you want it to be. Elevating you, that's the root of all sins. About you, not about God. And that was a very powerful point that Papa told me, and that's why he told me make this podcast now, while it's fresh on your, on your mind. Because it's a very powerful point that all of you need to understand. You have secret sins. You need the Holy Spirit. You need Yeshua. Or else you're not going to be able to even see them, let alone conquer them. But again, it's not that you can't. It's just you don't know how and you don't want to. You don't know how. You don't want to. You need a sponsor. They go to AA meetings. You need a sponsor. You need help. You need atonement for the sins you've already done. You need atonement for the sins you will do. And you also need something, someone to help you stop committing sin. And that's the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you, teaching you, mentoring you, guiding you, helping you overcome. If the Holy Spirit did not bring it to my attention, to my awareness, did not correct me and rebuke me, I wouldn't have even known. I would have kept living in this tiny rebellion, and when judgment would have came, well, I told you to do this, you did not listen. I told you to do that, you did not listen. Now, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, that would have happened with this, but it probably would, because when God said something, it's a mitzvah. The mitzvahs are not just what is written in the book. The mitzvahs is everything that God says. And by the way, it's only what God says. If God did not say it, it's not a mitzvah. Rabbis, pastors, popes, they have no authority. The only one that can give you a commandment is the Creator, Yodhei Adonai. Even Yeshua said, I do nothing. I came to give you nothing except what He did, the Torah. He taught the Torah. That's it. They didn't make up new mitzvot and commandments. No. Sure, we have traditions and all of that stuff, but... No, no new commandments. Only Adonai gives commandments. But yet when he talks to us during the day, he tells me to do something. It's a commandment because he told me to do it. Go up and go to that city. He told Irmiao, go to the Paddle's house. He told Yonah, go preach to Nineveh. He told Eliyahu, go and do this. It's a commandment. It's a mitzvah. You can't count 613 and think that's it. That's what he told those people back then. He gave us infinite more commandments each and every day. But each commandment is relative to the person getting it at the time he is getting it. It's not just a general thing. You hear him tell me, go make a podcast about this, and you go, he didn't talk to you. That's not for you. So many of you get it all wrong. <laughs> he told the Kohanim, don't marry anyone this and that. He didn't say that to the people of Israel. And then he said to the high priest, well, you can't even do this and this and that. He didn't tell that to his children, just the high priest. Different commandments for different people based on your role. The shepherds cannot do what the sheep does. So again, I say, all you really have to do is to love Adonai with all your heart, soul and mind, because then you will always prioritize him. You will always put him first and you will always obey 
And if you always obey, well, then you have no sin. You are completely blameless. You are perfect, made perfect in his likeness. You obey every order. The disciples said about Yeshua, who is this man that even the wind and the sea obey? He told the bread to multiply. The bread obeyed. Think about that. He said, let there be light. And the light obeyed. The light became. He spoke and it happened. It obeys. Everything in creation obeys us. I'm sorry. Everything in creation obeys Adonai except us. Because we are created with free will. The free will to choose whether to obey or not obey. But the universe obeys. The animal obey. The earth, the moon, the wind, everything obeys the natural laws of nature. The creation, the galaxies, they all spin in order. The herds, they all run in order. The flocks and the fish, they all swim in order, in unity. But not human beings, because we have the free will. We are not embedded in the program. We are out of sync. We've fallen out of sync. Adam was synchronized, but he fell out of sync. And now we are all born out of sync and we have to return to that synchrony. And that synchrony only works if we constantly obey. Think about it. All those wildebeest, they're running in the herd. The birds flying in a flock. You see 50 million of them. They signal one another. We don't know how or, or the way that God designed it, but it's incredible. You see it and you realize they all get the commandment, the order to move a little left, a little right, faster, slower, up, down. They receive that commandment and they obey it. They obey. The wildebeest obey. They run the herd. They're all in sync. They obey. The sardines in the water. Left, right, left, right. They all move exactly at the same moment. They all obey. They have the source code. You press enter and 50 million fish turn left. They obey. But what if a fish would say, I don't want to turn left? Well, there would be no flock. There would be no group. There would be no herd. And that's what we are. We are the humans that are out of sync. Everything in creation points to God. Even the very fact that we are rebellious. Because, <laughs> well, if we evolved, well, why don't we do what everybody else does? All the other animals. Well, because we didn't. We, we have very little in common with them. Except that we do have that animalistic side of us. And that's the fallen nature of man. Because instead of being run by the Spirit, instead of living in the Spirit, knowing that we are parts of God, we think that we are fleshly beings. We think that we are animals. That's why we prioritize the flesh, pleasures of the flesh, sex, 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 food, 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 entertainment, anything to gratify the flesh. And again, that is the source of sin, selfishness for the flesh. So I'll say it one more time because you need to hear it again. Loving Adonai with all your heart, all your soul, all your might is not a motto. It's not a bumper sticker. It's not a slogan. It's something that you have to do constantly. To constantly and always prioritize Him in everything, all the time. Prioritize Him number one in your heart, in your soul, in your thoughts, in your mind, in your time, in your day, in your money, in everything that you do. Give to Him the best. The first and the last of everything that you do. Why only the best? See, that was just the, the, the beginning, just to get you in the rhythm. But 
that's just a metaphor, a symbol for the fact that you give up everything, the Ola offering. It was a, a symbol. It was just one sheep, one cow. But it was a symbol that you give up everything. And that's what he wants from us. Everything. Nothing less and nothing more. Everything you got. Hallelujah. Pretty much easy. <clears throat> something more when you're thirsty only his water soothes the soul if you're hurting from the pain that's deep within the only answer is in the one who conquers sin just ask just see just be willing to believe he knows he cares He's the only one you need Reach up, reach out The Lord will pull you out Just ask, believe He knows just what you need Oh-ho! When you're lonely There's a friend you can depend He'll be with you from the start until the end Whoa. Reach out, reach out The Lord will pull you out Just ask, believe He knows just what you need Whoa. Look out, hold on You are not alone
Oh, you gotta trust him, beloved. Just trust. David says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Gotta be there. You gotta reach for him. You gotta cry out. Reach out. Lift up your eyes unto the hills. Say, come at your help. You are his ass. His on the way. He knows what you need. Trouble in my way, I gotta cry sometime. It's all right. Cause I know Jesus, He will fix it after a while. Trouble in my way, trouble in my way, I gotta cry sometime. I lay awake at night, I lay awake at night, but that's all right. Cause I know Jesus, Jesus, he will fix it after a while. I know Jesus, Jesus, he will fix it after a while. Mm-hmm.